It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission-free U.S. share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon and our full range of US markets both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk-free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 17th of August, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about about business, about finance, about markets, about macro, and uh, these days, reporting season. I'm Nadine Blaney, and uh, who's with me? David Scott. Great to be back. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty well, thank you. Oh, I've just got a flash that my battery's going to die on my computer. So let me, before that happens, Scotty, just run our listeners through the final figures for the market. Um, look, it was a pretty punchy day by the end of the session. I haven't been on air since 11 o'clock, and it was looking a bit iffy at that stage of the game. But uh, managing some late gains up by three-tenths of a percent, 7,128 for the uh, the S&P ASX 200. Now, as I look at some of the big sector moves, um, look, it was pretty positive. It was really CBA doing the damage, CSL doing the damage, and uh, the energy space as well. What else did you sort of um, take away, sort of broad strokes about the equity market, Scotty? Uh, you know, I always look at things through a macro sphere to begin with. And one thing that uh, I did notice that when the wage price index, the Q2 data came out at 11.30, that was almost at the nadir of the session when it comes to the underperformance of the market. From that point on, it was basically a slow grind higher over the course of the session. So the 2.6% uh, increase uh, that came through year on year, a bit softer than what the market was expecting. And of course, the conversation naturally gravitates towards, well, hey, maybe the RBA doesn't need to be as aggressive when it comes to rate hikes moving forward. And I wonder whether that may have uh, played a role. But certainly from a, from a, a sector performance, uh, the retailers had a really, really standout uh, day. We saw those big box retailers, Walmart's out uh, amongst them last night, uh, you know, talking about the resilience of the U.S. consumer. And then today we also had some pretty decent results coming through, particularly from super retail. Yeah, well, <laughs> you do the macro. I always bring it back to the equities because when I first read through the super retail result, this morning, Scotty, I was thinking, oh, this isn't very good, you know, like for like sales down in the period. Um, sales uh, were not anything to <laughs> really get excited about. Um, online sales did really well up by 44% in the period. Um, yeah, but I guess it really was the optimism that started in the United States toward these consumer stocks. Also, uh, you know, had a good chat with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool about the super retail result. And he said, you know, expectations have been so low around these retailers and some of them have been sold off so uh -huh. heavily uh -huh. that, you know, uh -huh. any sign of good news was good news because super retail did say that um, the beginning of FY23 is off to a start. 
but then flagged, you know, that consumers are going to start to feel the pain from rising interest rates in the second half. Still, though, Scuddy, shares were up by 5%. Yeah, top performer. And, uh, yeah, dragged a lot of the other names along with it. I know West Farmers is probably the closest thing to those U.S. retailers, uh, up or over 2% today as well. Even the defensive you know, parts of the market had a pretty decent day. The two supermarkets up around 2% as well. So that's, uh, that certainly went and helped to you know, float the other uh, broader market higher, as you said, mentioned. Uh, and it also helped to offset some of the weakness from those big boppers coming through from CSL and also the CBA. CBA was a big weight on the market overall, sort of ro- ruined a bit of the party, I think. Um, I'll just quickly uh, run you through some of the other share price reactions to the big results. So Fletcher Building, we spoke with the CEO. You can listen to it online. He, um, what stood out to me in the last answer, saying, I said, so so you're saying that you're you're through the worst of it, supply chains, almost COVID, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, let's just say, Nadine, don't get too excited. I'm hopeful. Uh, but he doesn't see any lockdowns in the future. You can listen to that uh, result, uh, that interview, I should say, online. BAPCOR was up by 1%. Emico Holdings in the smaller end up by six-tenths of a percent. Um, but then there were some real disappointments. Again, I spoke with the CEO of Pact Group Holdings. It's It produces packaging. It wants to be uh, big in the recycling game, you know, the circular, the circular economy um, type scenario. But think about what it's being hit with, Scuddy. Um, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, supply chain issues, um, but input costs, all of that. But think about energy when you're in manufacturing. And he talked about the workforce and just how expensive it is and how crucial it is to keep people right now. I thought it was a really good chat. A quite, you know, in, he quite endeared himself uh, to me. And, 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 you know, facing all those problems head on. Um, share price was down by 8.5%, Magellan down by 5%. Um, I'll go to the stock of the day just because we need to get that under our belts. And, and it was actually, as a bonus for all of you listeners out there, two stocks of the day, CSL and Santos, Michael Wayne from Medallion and Carl Capulinga from Think Markets. It is good to see, obviously, the recovery trajectory of the plasma business continue. They're opening, I think, another 26 or have opened another 26 collection centres. So that will enable them to keep that momentum going, you would think. Um, we've liked this one for, for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, We've been buying clients into it fairly recently and look for the last six months, we've probably been buying it. Um, however, it's look, it's a, still the, one of the highest quality businesses on the yep. ASX, still guiding for seven to 11% revenue growth next year. For a company of that size, it is very impressive. The earnings guidance, I think, was a bit below market expectations, right. but they do have a tendency to under promise and then over deliver, ratchet those, those forecasts up as the year goes on. So we'll be happy to buy it. I wouldn't rush out and buy it today. Um, so look, a little bit bearish on oil, a little bit bearish on Santos relative, relative to Woodside in that trade. I think there's a bears trade there, as in you could buy Woodside and sell Santos. So I'm going to stick with my sell rating on this okay. one. We've got a target around about that sort of just under $6 yeah. mark. So uh, Scuddy, uh, not, no screaming buys there, but um, I just wanted to sort of pick your brain about the whole energy. I mean, Santos is one thing, obviously benefiting from rising oil prices and energy prices, you know, LNG as well. But yet, for, for these manufacturers operating in not just Australia, but around the world, I mean, the rising energy costs are crippling in many cases. Just look to Europe. And that, I had a chat with Reid Ianson from uh, Kepler earlier. You know, that will likely impact economic growth. Yet another whammy for the European economy. Yeah, we know about the uh, over-reliance that the other uh, continent has to, uh, to Russian energy supplies in particular, but it's just a more broader thing that we're seeing at the moment, uh, a complete and utter lack of investment across existing technologies 
uh, in the energy sector is now coming home to roost because, of course, we all see the transition taking place when it comes to green energy, but it's not going to be something you can just snap your fingers and get it done overnight. And I think the world is realising that pretty quickly, that we've got a structural underinvestment in fossil fuels and it's going to take a long time for this new technology to come on board. So we're set uh, in this kind of backdrop where for the foreseeable future, we're probably going to have to go and learn to live somewhat with uh, with higher energy prices. So yeah, it is going to go and force a lot of manufacturers to probably try and find any more cost synergies, if that's possible, mm-hmm. uh, in the space. But yeah, a challenging environment for sure. Yeah, okay. So I was just going to, to go back, I think, to that wage price index. I, I don't kind of want to gloss over it because we've been waiting for this one. You know, we've been waiting for this one for a very long time. So softer, as you said, than the market potentially had been expected or had been expecting. But, you know, you've got the headline still being written by, you know, Craig James over at Comsec, and it will be repeated everywhere across the media that, you know, highest wage inflation in eight years. Uh, but still well below what we're seeing in other parts of the world. So give us your macro view as to what it really means. Uh, look, just the way that the wage setting is done in this country is very structured and very lagged in the way, particularly the enterprise bargaining side of the equation and awards. It takes time for that to go filter through. But the one thing that really stood out to me is that of the groups that the ABS surveyed that saw pay increases over the course of the quarter, uh, from a year earlier, I think it was up 3.8%. So quite punchy and well above that 3.5% mark the RBA has flagged as being the kind of level that uh, you would like to go and see to go and keep inflation the midpoint of its, uh, of its inflation target over the longer term. Now, when you go and look into the next quarter, the current quarter we're in right now, that's when a lot of uh, no, renegotiation takes place when it comes to uh, awards, uh, enterprise bargaining and the like. And so I wonder whether next quarter will be the one where it all comes home to roost. And yes, we don't have the same wage price spiral, you know, threat that's existing in some of those other developed markets, but certainly I think it's going to heat up a lot more in the coming quarters. Yeah, okay. Um, It remains to be seen, but we do get a bit more detail coming through, I believe, on payrolls tomorrow. Uh, We've got jobs tomorrow as well, which is such an integral part of the equation and where a lot of this wage price pressure is coming through. Um, look, is there anything likely to be in this jobs data that could change the RBA's thinking in any one direction? Because I know after the minutes yesterday, uh, you know, consensus was, look, we're, we're, it's 50 basis point, first Tuesday of the new month. Look, you can never go and discount the other uh, chance that there might be a pretty volatile uh, series at the, the, the best of times for the, uh, the ABS employment data. But look... Nine times out of ten over the past couple of years, we've uh, seen that uh, the data has generally gone and topped expectations. We know that the unemployment rate's sitting in no, no, the mid-threes now, and uh, no one really expected that 12 months ago. Uh, that trend continues. Look, it's, uh, it's probably going to go and grind lower, but, you know, on the day, seasonal adjustments, uh, no, given this, the sheer amount of sickness I haven't been on the program the last couple of days, I was struck down by the flu. Uh, it's difficult to go get a real grasp of what's going on in the labour market because there is just uh, so many you know, short-term disruptions that are taking place at the moment. So we'll see what tomorrow has, but uh, no, the overall trend, I think, is still going to be towards tightening labour market conditions. Yeah, well, tomorrow, um, you know, I hate to always bring it back to companies and earnings, but you know, we'll have plenty of time to digest that jobs report tomorrow, or will we? Because it's yet another massive day on the corporate uh, calendar So we have tomorrow everything from Auckland International Airport. We'll be speaking with the CEO. ASX will be speaking with the CEO. We've got Blackmores. We'll be speaking with the CEO. 
Um, you know, we've got Codem, we've got Evolution Mining. We'll be speaking with the CEO. Iris, again, speaking with the CEO. Um, Metabank Private. I'm sort of going to annoy people, but yep, speaking with the CEO, Prometicus. So that it's a big day in terms of corporates. What do you think, Scotty? Uh, through all the conversations that you've had, I know you've been sick the past couple of days, but um, today even, I know we've got a couple of interviews in our show notes that, that will give you a view on on reporting season, but also equities, this rally that we've seen in equities. I mean, most of the guests you're speaking, you're speaking with, do they think that this is a bear market rally or or is the bottom in? Uh, well, that's a, uh, the trillion dollar question. Uh, I still think it's a bear market rally. I still think that earnings risk will go and manifest themselves later on in the year. But I pointed out in my, uh, my view today that uh, from a nominal perspective, nominal GDP, you know, the income measures of the economy as well have been really, really strong. So I think we could go and persist with this, this resilience, this strength we're seeing in corporate earnings for quite a while. But just the question is, can that go and persist in an environment where you have uh, asset prices rolling over, when you have wealth rolling over, uh, borrowing costs going up? I'm still sceptical. I've seen enough uh, no, cycles in my time to go and say that generally when that happens, uh, things over tighten and it has to be corrected. But in the interim, you have a downturn. So I expect at some point in the next, uh, next few quarters, that will go and manifest itself. And maybe we'll see the other pylos, but I don't think it's going to be like a scenario, like a GSC or a, a flash crash kind of place, an 87 crash. It just it doesn't have that kind of feel about it no it doesn't uh, there's an interview with john lobb from insync funds management you can listen to via the show notes that so he gives his take on um, inflation recession and also why the outlook for equities just in contrast to scotty just for a bit of balance may be greener than many thought heading into fy23 um but uh, to your point uh, john's on the bid i'm on the offer <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. The FOMC minutes get released tonight. So again, we'll get some insight into the debate that happens around the uh, the aggressiveness of the interest rate hiking cycle in the U.S. Uh, also, the balance sheet, I suppose. I mean, what else are we looking for in those Fed meetings? I feel like the balance sheet tightening is just completely off radar. Yeah, it's off radar because it's bloody so slow. It's been like a snail's pace. It's going to ramp up and come I know, the start of next month. But even then, uh, it's just it's tinkering around the edges. And the one thing that you've got to keep a close eye on that balance sheet rundown is that just given it, and we are talking about a balance sheet, it's got to know liabilities and assets, and those assets rolling off the book. You can't go and have like no multiple trillions of dollars unwound unless you go and unwind the repo market as well. Getting pretty technical, but one thing's for certain, I don't think you can go and see the Fed do much more than a billion dollars without creating some pretty gnarly price action in financial markets. So keep a close eye on that one as well moving forward. Yeah, okay. Well, in the United States tonight, FOMC, retail sales, business inventories data. And uh, we also get, as we've mentioned tomorrow here locally, jobs, along with reporting season. Scuddy, um, I think we deserve to call it a day today. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Have a great night, everyone. We'll uh, see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.